Streets and Scholars, Alex Alonso and FG here to bring you guys another banger. I got the general in the house. What'd it do? I hear a little, little, little bit of noise in the background now. Yeah, I'm out here ruffling some feathers, man. What's going on with it, Alex? Oh, uh, man, I'm just trying to get it another episode, man. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You can hear me pretty good on your end. Oh, yeah, everything sounds good, man. So, That's what's uh, up? How's, uh, how's the family treating you over there? Oh, man, everything good on this end, man. I can't complain at all. You know what I mean? No doubt. So, um, yeah, man, I wanted to get in another episode of Streets and Scholars because, you know, the people have been asking for it. And uh, let's get right into it, man. Um, hey, as of February, I was going to bring this up on a previous episode. As of February, a thousand three people have been arrested for the January 6th. Um, <clears throat> I guess what we're, what we're calling that the January 6th. Um, Talking about the riots, the Capitol riots. The Capitol riots. A thousand, yeah. 1,003. This is as of February. That number is probably a little higher now. I haven't got the latest number, but hey, the number went over a thousand folks, man. And people said in the beginning, oh, they're not going to do nothing. The government ain't going to do nothing. They're just going to let all those white people act crazy because they're part of the plan. They're part of the team. But nah, a thousand and three people have been indicted. Well, you know, I didn't think they was going to do shit either, man, but I see they done stepped that thing up and went on and did it, you know what I mean? So, like you say, I, I, maybe they just feel like America was disrespected, man, so, you know, they want to stand on something. It also could be that uh, because Biden is in office, if Trump was in office, we don't know if he would be as aggressive with uh, sending all these people to the feds. But Man, uh, they would arrest five people, man, if Trump <laughs> was in office, man, just hey, based on because they was his people, you know what I mean? And how many of these thousand and three people you think are gonna end up in Victorville? Shit, you know what? Maybe just the top dogs could, maybe, but um, but it's possible. It's definitely possible. Shit, I mean, you know, a lot of people took low, low, low deals. You know what I mean? You know, two and three years go to a camp, go to a low. But uh, some of them dudes up at the top, man, them dudes can definitely land over there. But you know, yeah. you you got so many federal prisons and shit in in the, in the United States, man. They can drop anywhere, man. I know it's crazy because you could be you could be in Alaska doing fair time. You could be in Florida and you could be right here in uh, Los Angeles doing fair time. It's crazy how many federal institutions are around this this country. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's one thing America do do. They lock a motherfucker up, Alex. You know what I mean? I believe we got over two million incarcerated in this country, you know, and uh, the shit is really ridiculous. If you ask me for a country our size, when you talk about India got a billion, China got a billion, you know, some of these places are the population is a lot larger than our. Yeah, we incarcerate more people probably than the shit. Two or three of them I just named put together. Yeah, have you ever heard of anyone doing fair time in Alaska? I'm I'm certain there's a, a federal prison in Alaska. You know what? I I'm, I don't think it is because I I ran into a lot of Alaska dudes, so I I don't think it's one over. Well, I know the Hawaii don't. I know the Hawaii dudes is always on this end, yeah. but I don't think it's one in Alaska. And um, because um, I ran into them dudes too. You know what yeah. I mean? You're absolutely right. I just looked it up. It says there are no federal prisons <laughs> located in the state of Alaska. Federal prisoners awaiting trial or sentencing are typically held in state facilities. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, depending on what kind of time they got, they may, like you say, stay in some of the county jails if it's like a year or two, but they got a long time. They'll ship them over here on this side. Uh, it says here that the prisoners from Alaska that got to do serious time are sent to Sheridan, Oregon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fight? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a couple homies up there. Donnie Rue was up there. You know, the homie Wood from Hollywood was up there. So it's real pretty up there is what they say at that Sheridan spot, man. You know, it's beautiful because it rains so much. It's so the grass is real green and, 
You know what I mean? But yeah, Sheridan up there. So I guess Alaska and Hawaii are probably a, uh, two of the few states that don't have federal prisons. Yeah, I would say that. But, you know, it, 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 I'm, I'm sure some more because I never heard of one in Montana. You know, I never heard somebody say they did time. And, but you would be surprised. You know, you'd definitely be surprised. But it'd be some weird states that got federal prisons, like West Virginia got one. West Virginia's a small, a small state. Um, Kansas got has Leavenworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's some weird, it's some weird states. But yeah, man, one hundred and three people. Uh, most of those one hundred and three people are probably going to do uh, probation. But uh, some of them are getting sent to the penitentiary for sure, for sure. Uh, we talked about Guy Reffitt and a couple other dudes. They're going to some of the dudes are getting four or five, six years for that riot. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. So, you know, they serving it as we speak, you know, a few of them. So, you know, they around out there. And, you know, we always say <laughs> we don't wish no time on anybody. But I can tell you this, I wish as much time as possible for, for any of those fools that participated in that riot, man. I have no mercy on those on, on those folks that thought they can get away with. I mean, th that the arrogance of those people, like we're going to be on TV. We're going we're gonna to document it. We're going to go on live. We're going to storm the Capitol. And nothing's gonna happen to us. So no, I wish I wish time on all them folks. Well, you know what? Um, they definitely uh had the arrogance to say think that wasn't nothing gonna happen. You know what I mean? I didn't think they would arrest a thousand and three people, to be honest with you. But um, you know, like I say, when they come down to us and them folks got into them back rooms and shit, and they like, hold on, bro, you know, you disrespecting white folks, man. They, you know, they'll 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 do something with your ass. You know, they've been doing it to us forever so you know what i mean they own people just getting a taste of what we've been going through for years you know 100 years you know well i predict that uh 500 more people will be arrested if 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 um let's see when is the uh presidential election is that gonna be this year or next year what year? 24 24 yeah, for 24. sure yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah so they finna start campaigning again you know at the end of this year november come this november they finna start campaign campaigning for next year okay so biden's got all of this year and he's got um, next year to be right, president. right, right. Okay, yeah, they're definitely gonna go up to, as long as Biden's in office. I don't see nothing changing, so I'm gonna predict that this number is gonna be 1,500 before the end of the year. Because when you look at that footage, there, there's got to be at least 2,000 people that's participated in that. Whether they went in the building or out the building, I heard it doesn't matter. If you were part of it, uh, you can get charged for some sort of crime. So I, I, I feel 1,500 is uh, coming soon. But shit, we definitely gonna see shit. All right. Um, we didn't get to talk about this before, but Tory Lanez's uh, sentencing got postponed to April 10th. Any specific uh, particular reason? Well, he hired some new lawyers. <clears throat> he's got some um, he's got David Kenner and he's got a couple of assistant attorneys mm -hmm. that that working with David Kenner and they're going to file some well really some on kind April, of motion maybe yeah we're gonna hear the motions on April 10th so it might not even be sentenced he might not even get sentenced on April 10th. They're going to they're going to file some motions. They're going to argue some points and whether or not the judge accepts them or not, then we'll we'll, we'll he'll determine whether or not he's going to sentence Tory Lanez on April 10th. So that's that's the sentencing date. But there's a chance that that date gets postponed again because of all the, the legal maneuvering that his new legal team is doing. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think he's just um, trying to take advantage of an appeal and a bail. That's my guess. He wants to get that um, a, a bail while he's appealing this case, which is really hard to get, but it's possible. No, no, it's possible. It's been done. So, you know, it's highly possible. But, you know, it all depends on how the judge take it, you know. And um, 
So, you know, we're going to definitely keep an eye on that. It's the same thing that um, Tupac got back in 90, let me think what year is that, 90, 95. Yeah, but at the same time, Pac was in prison doing some time before he got bailed out, though, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, but he just barely started doing his time. Let me see, how much time did he, well, he I think he was in jail just for a few months. He was. You think prison. so? Yeah, because. I thought he, it was a little longer, but I definitely could be wrong, because I, I definitely don't know for sure. Um, I'm thinking he got out in uh, 95, around the... Um, uh, September, October of 95. You know, he was only out for 11 months before he got killed in 96. That's all? Yeah, it was like one year. He was with Death man, Row. That shit seemed like it was a lot longer than that, man. It seemed like uh, Death Row was his uh, death sentence, to keep it real. You know, signing the Death Row, he was he was murdered a year later. Well, you know, you know, he was hanging with some killers and gorillas, man. You know, and sometime, you know, that just had a funk pop off. Um you know, I definitely wish it would have been avoided and you know, in some kind of way, but man, that's how the ball bounced sometime, Alex. Isn't it true that some of those killers and gorillas, uh, you grew up with some of them or most oh, of no, them? No, or all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Everybody that was there that night, man, you know, and, and don't forget, I was out there, I was at 662 that night, you know what I mean? So I was waiting for them to come to the club, you know what I mean? So, um, they were on their way to the club, actually, you know, and um, so yeah, it was definitely the homies and shit, and um, but I hate. That they let that happen, you know. I ain't gonna say let that happen. I'm hate that that happened, you know, on, on, on the homies' watch. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah, and it seems as if he wasn't like protected or guarded the way your multi-million-dollar artist should have been protected and guarded. He was hanging out with all the, as you said, with all the killers and gorillas, like if he was one of them. No doubt, him and Trey was super tight. You know what I mean? And um, you know, they they were friends pretty much. You know, but at the same time, um. You know, um, shit can happen regardless. I mean, no matter where you at, no matter who you are, you know, shit can pop off, especially when you out in the streets and streets like Vegas and shit like that, because you run into so many celebrities moving around. It ain't impossible, just like we saw with the Pac situation. So check this out. I just looked it up. He was sentenced to uh, prison. Uh, I guess he was sentenced to four to four to four to five years on February of 95 and by October he was bailed out on a $1.4 million bail. So what's that? How many months? Yeah, that's that? like eight, nine months. Yeah, so he was only a few months, eight, nine months into his sentence when uh, he was able to get that $1.4 million bond. And that's exactly what Tory Lanez is trying to get. He would love to get a bond so that he can fight his appeal while free. But, you know, here's the, here's the, um, the other side to that. If you lose your appeal you lose all the credit of time served you would have had in the first place. You know, how would you, how would you deal with a situation like that? Let's say you sentenced to five years. Are you really going to rely on your appeal coming through? Let me bail out and fight this appeal. Or are you going to say, let me just sit down for five years and get this over with? Hell no. Nah, I'm going to do the same thing. Tory Lane's doing trying to, you know, get my appeal, uh, done while I'm on the street. Nobody want to go sit down in prison, Alex. You know what I mean? Now, the thing about it is he pushes his release date back further and further. If he does um, lose his appeal, you're right about that. But at the same time, man, don't nobody want to go in there and sit down un un under no circumstances. So a dude will fight it and fight it and fight it. Had they gave me a bond, I would have push, tried to push my shit back as much as I can, you know, for as long as I can. And, um, you know, so I, I understand what he's trying to do. Okay, but then at the same time, the the likelihood of winning the appeal is like slim to none. So now you 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 bailed out, you fight it for about two three years, 
you still got to go to prison. And those two, three years, you could have already had that much time served, that time credit, and be coming home sooner than later, right? No, you're 100% right. But at the same time, you know, that man, dude trying to stay on the street right, right now. You know what I mean? Nobody know what the future holds. Dude trying to hang out and swing right now. So <laughs> so I do understand what you're saying, but I get what he trying to do, you know. So so you think most people feel like I'd rather go to prison later than now. Is that the mentality? Uh, I, I want to avoid getting sent to prison for as much time as possible and not thinking like, hey, if if I if I hurry up and 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 do this prison time, I can be home sooner. Because I feel like I'm, as you get older, especially he Tory Lanez, he's in his early 30s. He's got a rap career he's got to worry about. Right. Does he does he really want to get sent to prison when he's 34, 35, 36 and come home in his 40s or does he still want to come home in his if he goes now, he will be home in his 30s maybe. Let's just say that, you know. He still has some career left. Um it's hard to it's hard to say cuz he don't know how much time he going to get. You know what I mean? So, you know, you're going to fight and fight and fight, man, because if they give him 10, you know what I mean? That's shit. You know, he, you know, I, I mean, I understand what he's trying to do, you know. Um, yeah. That's why the dudes who get locked up and they don't get a bail, they appreciate something like me. I, I, I'm glad they didn't give me one. I probably would have did some stupid shit on <laughs> top of tried to push it back and push it back and push it back. But at the same time, like you say, man, that's just prolonging your come home, you know, so. Prolonging your come home, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, so look, Pac, if Pac would have never bailed out, would have sat in there for his three or four, I think it was four-year sentence, he would have never signed the death row. Right. And there's a chance he would have never got killed. You know what I'm saying? Because it's the L.A. politics that got him killed, you know, and I think L.A. politics is one. No, I don't want to say it's the, the most severe because you got politics in Chicago and in t cities in Texas. But I think there's a good chance Pac would still be alive. True, true that. But also, you know, you got to think from Pac's position and think of your position. You sitting in jail. Somebody want to come along and say, hey, Alex, I want you to do this podcast, man. We're going to bail you out. You come home, you know, we basically own you over this podcast, man, but you're going to make you're going to make some money. We're going to take care of you, you know, and, and and say if it was Barry Gordy or somebody, you know, back then, because all them record, you know, record dudes be, you know, lightweight shiesty when it comes to the money part. You know what I mean? So you sitting in jail, they say, Alex, come home and do this podcast. We're going to bail you out. We're going to put this millionaire. You're not going to say, bro, I'm going to do my time. <laughs> you know, shit here. You're going to be like, shit, uh, what's the topic? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's just the reality of it. If somebody else would have went and got Pac, whether it was, um, you know, whether it was Jay-Z or whether it was, you know, another big, you know, uh, uh, at the time, No Limit or whoever was big back then, you know, Birdman and them, it just would have been a different dude that went and did it. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's what we go back to the L.A. politics. L.A. politics got him. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you what, what what I think got him. You know, you call it L.A. politics, but I'm going to narrow it down, man. He fell in love with the Paul rules, man. You know, that love and camaraderie that he seen the homies had, you have. You know, the love that, you know, I've had and understand the addiction to, you know, this P-Funk thing, you know, and, and that's what happened. You know what I mean? He fell in love. He really felt he was one of the boys, you know, one of the, you know, and, and, and. Everywhere we went back then, you know, man, it was just well respected or we handled our business. So I, so I get what he he fell into. But at the same time, you're right. He would be probably still alive. But would he be the legend? 
that he is now. Would you know all eyes on me? Sold 10 million copies, if not 11 or 12. Had he did that, could he could he could have did that on without Dre or on another label? You know, could all the dynamics Machiavelli with all those things come into play that made him a legend? Because don't forget, before he left. He was just Pac. He was, he was, I loved him then, but he wasn't a legend at that point. He had a few cool albums out, but he wasn't the dude he became to be when he came to the road. So um, all those factors line up when you get to talking about it. Yeah, but he could have took all of those amazing songs, that that double CD to another label at another future time. You know, I think that the music was already there. It was just a matter of where he was going to do the music with. Now you say he he, he linked up with Dre. Um, I don't know how much how much credit do you give Dre for the success of Pac's albums while he was on death row? You know, that's a that's a question that uh, I think is debatable. I mean, it's debatable, but Dre was one of the greatest at the time, bro. You know what I mean? Arguably, you know, uh, across the nation, you got to think, you know, everybody from Mary J. Blige to Mac 10 to, you know, I mean, and a thousand others was buying Dre beats. You know what I mean? And uh, and uh, he definitely was the super producer at the moment. You had others, but who's to say, you know, Manny Fresh would have took him in that same direction. You know, don't forget we was on some gangster rap shit and we was running the West with gangster rap back then. You know, Manny Fresh and then was still down. Now, now Manny Fresh is a hell of a uh, um, producer. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he wouldn't have went in the gangster rap sound had he went to uh, No Limit or he might have went to other. The sound would have been different. And at that time, gangster rap was running the shit. You know, so I got to argue with you on that to say he would have not that he wouldn't have put out platinum albums. Could he could he could have did it the same? I, I can't say he could that he could have. Well, check this out. Snoop Dogg had more success, had more number more um, number one hits or hits that charted higher when he was produced by um, the Neptunes and um, Pharrell than he did when he was with Death Row. Even though mm -hmm. he has hits with Death Row, but his his songs were far more commercially successful when he was produced by uh, Pharrell and the Neptunes. You're right, because Pharrell and the Neptunes were different kind of producers. They had different kind of sounds, different kind of backgrounds. You know, you got to think Death Row, homie, was limited to, to gangster shit. You know, they didn't let um, Snoop give his full potential over there at the row because of all of the politics. You know what I mean? But even when Snoop went to No Limit, even when Snoop did with other producers, Snoop shit was still gangster. It still had that West Coast sound because that's what that was Snoop, regardless who the, the beats he had. You know, so um, so, and, so and, 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 and let me back up. Snoop was from Long Beach as well. You know what I mean? So Snoop was from the the, the turf, you know, and, 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 you know, come up out the set. Pac wasn't, you know what I mean? Because don't forget, Pac could have flipped it and did all kind of different styles because he was versatile. You know what I mean? So I don't know if, like I'm saying, I'm, my thing is Snoop was going to keep it gangster because that was what he was. You know, Pac could have went all kind of different ways and shit with uh, his shit because he had that that ability to do so. Well, I just think that Pac probably could have been successful wherever he went. Um, imagine Pac being produced by Pharrell, you know? I mean, look at how successful Snoop was. So um, – I, I wish that um, I really wish he would have just sat his ass down in that New York state prison, told uh, David Kenner, uh, I would love to bail out, but I don't know if my life is going to be in the good hands if I'm over there at death row. I might not even I might not even live another year if I sign with y'all. I'm going to do my time, get out in three or four years and then continue my career. And I think he would even be more legendary because he would have put out 
how many albums would a Pac put out if he didn't get murdered? I don't know, man. Some of that made him legendary. You know what I mean? And and because you got to think of it, just like the rest of the dudes, just like the Jay Z's, just like the dudes who are still around today. How many fucking albums can you put out until you the new sound come or you you burn out or you go into um, a businessman mode and, and go behind the scenes? You know what I mean? And you know, I looked at him like he could have owned his own label and had artists to come up under. He made hundreds of millions of dollars, but at the same time, you still can only you know, say say so much and as an artist, you know, as you get older, you gotta think Pac was 25 back then, young, young, young hog, you know, at the at 50, you know, he not finna still probably be selling millions of records at 50. You know what I mean? So um I ain't saying he, I definitely think he would have still been 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 platinum plus artist, but at the same time, I don't know, man. That death row whole era aura and everything about it, I think, man, solidified his 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 legendary uh status okay so i got the exact dates um he was sentenced to prison on february 7th he was bailed out on october 14th of 1995 if i'm doing my math right that's about eight months mm -hmm. eight months so um i guess if 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 david kenner can pull off the same magic and we, you know i don't really know how david kenner was able to do that um you know, i don't either i always wondered about that <laughs> Yeah, um, he's a he's a hell of a negotiator, and that's why that the Tory Lane legal team brought him on just to see if they can get him a, a bond. I think it's going to be more difficult for Tory Lane to get a bond because he's not he's a he's a Canadian citizen, and usually citizens from other countries are are treated differently because of the idea of you pose a flight risk. No but doubt. I but I mean, if you go to Canada. Canada is just going to send you back. It's not like you're going to a country that doesn't uh, that doesn't have a relationship with the United States. So, um, but I don't think that matters. I think the courts look at it as okay. This guy's a Canadian citizen. We're going to put you on a different. You know, uh, there's there's different rules when you're not a U.S. citizen. So uh, I don't know if this guy going to bail out. I don't even know if it's going to work. I mean, what David Kenner did was what? How many years ago was that? 1995. 30, 30 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> damn near yeah, 30 years ago. And I'm telling you, man, when I see David Kenner in court, I just don't feel like he's the, he's got enough energy, you know, to do all the stuff that it takes to to handle a, an appeal. And, and uh, you know, the, the dude is like 80 years old now. But he does, yeah. he does have a couple of young lawyers that are, um, you know, gunning for for Tory Lanez. I mean, you know, he had enough energy to, you know, to pull up on you at court and shit and ask for that fade and shit. But you <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh but um no, times have changed. Court court shit has changed. I don't uh, think he he's a flight risk at all, to be honest with you talking about Tory Lanez. I believe that you know he an honor what's going on because he know if he ever wanted to work again or bring his ass back to the US where his bread and butter is, you know, he would be a fool to mess that up. You know, so um, I don't got him being a flight risk. It's just all I believe is going to be on the judge on what the circumstances of the case, how guilty they actually feel he is and just how the judge feel about letting him out. Because they already they already know it's just basically we letting you out for uh, to do the due diligence and you're going to bring your ass back and we're going to, you know, you're going to go start serving this time, you know. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see um, on April 10th what happens in court. And we'll see what kind of magic that David Kenner and his uh, his younger legal team are able to to do regarding Tory Lanez getting bail and perhaps getting another trial. That's going to be another thing. All right, man, I wanted to tap in with the story here that's from L.A., man. Um, 18 people were arrested 
and got caught with more than 80 straps, several pounds of dope in, in an investigation down in the harbor area of Los Angeles. Let me see if I have a clip here. Let me play this clip um, real quickly. Let me play this clip. But this is a this was a huge bust here in the Los Angeles area, and uh, I wanted to talk about it real quick. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. Now this is the first time we're doing this um, remotely, so bear with me for a second, folks. I'm trying to share my screen here, and here it is. Boom. And this is the story coming out of uh, this is Fox 11 News local here in L.A. And the anchor woman used to be one of my favorites back in the day. Mm-hmm. Christine Devine. Y'all, you already know Christine man. Devine. And man, Christine Devine has been doing the news, man, I think for like 20 something years. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to say that um, she's getting older. People yeah, say that's yeah, ageism. Yeah. But, yeah, when, when Christine Devine first hit the scene, she had to be the uh, the finest lady in news. Um, she's still looking good, even though she's older. But here's a story out of uh, the harbor area of L.A. Okay. Meth, fentanyl, pounds of cocaine, and ghost guns. A multi-agency task force arrests 18 people in an anti-gang investigation. We know that being able to derive this level of cooperate, cooperative support to ensure that we are getting this type of weaponry and uh, drugs off of our street is not just making the harbor community safer. It's making all of Los Angeles safer. Work on the investigation was done by the ATF, LAPD, and L.A. County District Attorney's Office. Authorities seized 19 pounds of methamphetamine, 3 kilos of fentanyl, 5,000 fentanyl pills, more than 5 um, pounds of cocaine, and 82 guns, including ghost guns and assault weapons. This investigation has been ongoing and filled with arrests since January 2020 when we partnered to target the violence created by the shot callers of East Wilmis. Multiple surveillance operations, search warrants, firearms and narcotics buys were conducted in Wilmington, San Pedro, Long Beach and Arizona. The suspects face conspiracy allegations including weapons and narcotics, possession sales, trafficking and gang related assaults. All right, there you go. Uh, East Eastside Wilmus is a uh, is a barrio down here in the harbor area of Los Angeles, and uh, the HA, the harbor area, that is a car for the Southsiders in prison. I don't believe the brothers, um, I don't know what the brothers' car is for the um, for the hoods down there when they go to prison. Um, what are they? Who do they ride? Because they do have the Harbor City Crips, and they have um, a couple. They have a they actually have a blood set down there called Pain. Yeah, they Eastside got, Pain. No, they East, got Eastside Pain. They got uh Ghost Town out in Ghost. Wilmington. They bloods, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. They no, they got some homies down there and some Crips. But the thing about it, they ride with the homies and they ride with the Crips. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they don't. I wonder what car they ride with um when they go to the penitentiary. Uh, uh, they're not that deep. They're not that deep down there. <clears throat> no doubt, but they might ride with the LBC. You never know. You know? What yeah, I mean? I'm yeah, not yeah. even sure about that. I, I, I yeah, I, I'm not even sure about that. But I know when I run into the homies, like I say from Ghost Town, they just ride with the homies. You know? Yeah. Um. So. Did you did you um did you see all those straps? <laughs> man, I'm glad I'm we didn't get a tour with these the Wilmers. Man, they was ready. Hey, hey, homie, I, they was ready, homie. They wasn't bullshitting down there. You know I gotta, what I, mean? I gotta admit that I'm impressed with um uh, their their uh, arsenal. I mean, I'm a big uh, I'm a I'm a gun fan. Um, 
So it was an impressive arsenal if it's really true that they had all of those. Right, man. It was hard for me to believe that they really found those guns at these people's spots and shit, you know. And uh, to be honest with you, that's the first thing I said, man. That's a lot of artillery. I ain't saying it's not possible. Uh, but for people who are looking, you know, before you get to fucking with gangs and talking shit to motherfuckers, just think of a hood got that kind of weaponry, that kind of that kind of drugs to fuel a war. You know, that's how you can. That's how you gonna lose. You know what I mean? Because they already ready. You know, and um, and they definitely was ready, Alex. You know, if in true they had all that shit. Now you just made me think that now everybody who's a rival to Eastside Wilmus now they're saying let's get them. Because they're weaker, right? They got they got all their weapons taken off the streets, and now they're vulnerable to all the enemies thanks to the government, the federal government, and the local LAPD. No doubt, but they probably you know scattered out around because after they hit their hood, you know what I mean. They probably actually looking for some more of them that they didn't find, you know. And um and uh, but at the end of the day, you know, all them guns they had, they probably have damn near more guns than they got members from their gangs if that was all their guns. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. so, you know, and at any given time, you know, just because you got them, you know, that don't mean a few shooters ain't, ain't don't got a couple of their own that they didn't get. So, you know, I, I wouldn't take them light still, but I mean, that just was a hell of a, man, that was a hell of an arsenal, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I haven't seen a, a gang outside of a cartel type shit with that kind of uh, firepower, you know, in the set. Yeah, man, I was thinking that they probably slang, slang their straps to the to their allies, to their homies, because um, that's that's too many. That's even too many gangs, too many guns for one gang. And I don't um, right. see the East Side Wilmas. Uh, they're they're an average size, so yeah, that's I'm sure they were slanging because everything they were doing here, they had they had fentanyl, they had cocaine, they had a whole bunch of fentanyl pills as well. Right, right. Which, they, it's crazy that um that people is actually selling this fentanyl. Oh, no doubt, man. You know, and um, um, it's killing people, too, man. It's killing people by the boatloads. And, and, and that's another crisis that they having in America, you know. Um, and it's, it's, it's detrimental to motherfuckers out here in the U.S., bro. That fentanyl is, is, is something major. Do you know that that uh, some drug users are aware of the fentanyl and they will still do it because they know that the high is a, is a special kind of high. It's a different kind of high. So it's not like people are taking fentanyl unknowingly. I'm sure there's some that do it. They don't know that there's fentanyl. But there's some people that are like, you know, I'm cool with it. Well, the thing about it, what I do know is that a lot of people who, you know, got that 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 fuck with the fake fentanyl pills and shit, you know, the fake oxycodone and all that lace with fentanyl, they not popping them. Or the fake Percocets, you know, that got fentanyl in them, they not popping them. They breaking them down, grinding them up, and they intravenously shooting them. You know what I mean? And when you intravenously shoot uh, uh, fentanyl, it's a lot more... Um, it's more likely you will survive than it was if you just popped that pill. You know what I mean? Because I, I, from what I'm hearing, and when you shooting, you can actually feel to a degree. Okay, stop now, because I feel a certain. You know what I mean? Um, opposed to just popping that pill, man, and you just you just out of there. Or, you know, the homie just died a couple years ago, man. He thought he was snorting some lines of cocaine, you know, and uh, um, and uh, it was fentanyl, man. I'm talking about 20 seconds. He he passed out. You know, died right there on the spot. One of the homies lived, so he was able to tell us exactly what happened, but. And that shit is a monster, man. I, I'll be scared to take a Tylenol with all these goddamn pills going around with this fake shit in it, you know? Okay, check out all the dope they had. 19 pounds of methamphetamine, three kilos of just fentanyl, 
5,000 fentanyl pills and 5.5 pounds of cocaine. Now, I don't know how they charge 18 people with that. I don't because you can't, not everybody's going to get, uh, not everyone's going to get charged for that, all of that dope, but um, that's enough dope to send you to the, to the feds for what? For life, right? A lifetime. Yeah. yeah a that's, lifetime, that's a life right? sentence in the feds. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know how the, you know, what's crazy. Sometimes in these cases, they, they divide, let's say they got 18 defendants in this case. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if the FBI was part of this, but sometimes they split the defendants. Yeah. It says here during the investigation with the support of the ATF, the LAPD, um, they use several wiretaps. So that means some of these people are going to the feds, but you know, I don't know if you ever look at the specifics of one of these indictments. Let's say it's 50 dudes, mm-hmm. 25 might go to the state, 25 might go to the feds out of the same case. I ain't familiar with that. Is that right? Yeah, they did that. And, uh, they did that with the, um, the, the indictments in the jungles. They had, they did operation, um, uh, Cold Stone and mm-hmm. they did uh, Operation Red Rain and someone was telling me it's just because all of the agencies that were involved it's never one agency you got right, the LAPD right, right. you got the sheriff you got the FBI so they they want some of the defendants to serve time under their credit so every, everybody wants to take a little bit of the credit it's take almost a little like, bit of the credit yeah yeah it's yeah. like it's like slavery I look at it as chattel slavery it's like all right we're gonna give you these black folks and then we're gonna give we're gonna get the FBI these black folks. We're gonna give the the state these, and then everybody will be happy because everyone can send people to prison. Everybody can, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, um, this is similar in this case with Wilmos because the feds and the local law enforcement were involved in this investigation. But um, I don't know how how do you how do you get less time uh, for getting caught with nineteen pounds of meth, five pounds of cocaine three kilos of fentanyl, it just seems like um, everyone's going to prison for life. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of them dudes going to get conspiracy to distribute. You know what I mean? Uh, everybody going to go and get a possession. Somebody going to get a possession. But at the same time, man, it's it's, it's a lot of time that's going to be distributed through that crew, through that 18. But, man, I've seen cases like this where they find all this shit. And because the way they found it, they can't even pin it on, like, say, one person or one group, but they found it at a spot where somebody told that that was a stash house. Nobody can be accountable for that stash house. Um, I've seen cases like this where they find all this shit, man, and dudes get 10 years and shit just based on because they don't have enough evidence to convict them and say it was it was actually theirs. So, you know, um, I, 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 um, one thing about the feds and one thing we see about these, you know, these uh, joint task force investigations is they find a lot of shit, but everybody don't get pinned down for all that shit, you know, a lot of times, you know what I mean? So I want to see how this one pan out. Yeah. And and that doesn't even include uh, the 80 firearms. So you could add the 80 guns to all of that dope. And uh, this is a, this is a, a serious case. Now, they mentioned ghost guns. They said some of these 80 firearms are ghost guns. Uh, what the hell is a ghost gun? Well, that's the new thing going around on the street. Ghost guns are, you know, gun kits that you can buy on your own, say from Arizona, or you get them shipped in from somewhere and you buy the pieces and you put them together. Basically, they don't have no serial numbers or no no identification marks, you know, so you can't trace it. So that's basically what a ghost gun is. They're manufactured with no serial numbers you know, or identifying um, ID numbers, you know, to to trace the guns. So that's what they call a ghost guns. Just just guns with no numbers, no 
no prints, no marks, you know. And uh, you can shit, you can order the shit over the internet now, bro. Damn. Yeah, because what dudes is doing, they did buy this piece from China, buy this piece from Mexico, buy this piece, put that shit together, you know, man, and they out there smacking shit. Okay, so uh, I remember my pops was telling me when he was when he was in the military, they used to steal guns from the Marine Corps. And I'm like, how, how do you steal guns? He said, well, we would take the guns apart in the machine room and we would mail the guns home part by part. Damn. So you, you could break a gun down into multiple parts. Yeah, yeah. So they would just send like the barrel, they'll send like the shaft, they'll they'll um, break down the grip. And you know, over the course of several months, you go home, you got you got a few guns there that you could assemble. And I guess technically, I guess my pops had ghost guns back in the uh the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, no doubt. You know, so this ain't nothing new, probably. You know what I mean? Something probably been going on for, for forever that you know, you always, man, you let me tell you something, man. You know, until, you know, like I said, they find it more and more of them on the streets. But for what I'm hearing now, they done put a couple laws in the place, man. And when they catch you with these ghost guns, they giving you an extra, a, a, a substantial amount of time for having them. You know, these F and N's they got out there, you know, these guns with switches on them. You know, I think they'd already changed the laws for the guns with switches on them. When I say switch, you just got a switch on a gun that can change from automatic to semi-automatic just with a switch. And it's a handgun, you know, so um, they definitely not shooting with the 38s that we were shooting with in the 80s. You know, um, it's definitely a different ball game. And uh, so they changing the laws to fit this new ball game. Yeah, um, I've been hearing this term ghost guns come up in so many cases and I don't really think anyone's really broke it down or. Or how, how many ghost guns are really out there on the streets? It seems like ghost guns are rare, but the more and more these cases are, are popping up, maybe most, of, maybe I don't know, half the guns on the streets is, is half, maybe too much to say half of them are ghost guns or no, it, it, it could be definitely possible because that's what they're going to, and that day's so easier to get, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, let me be honest with you, you know. You know, I try to school the little homie sometime and say, listen, bro, if you run around carrying a gun, you know, because they're going to do it if they want to or not. You know, you can't stop grown ass man from doing what they doing. But listen, homie, if you don't have a record, don't keep a bullet in the chamber. That bullet, if you get caught with a gun and you don't have a, a, a felony on your record, you know, um, and the bullet is not in the chamber, it's a misdemeanor. You know what I mean? You running around with the bullet in the chambers makes it a felony. You know, now, if you ever been to jail or you ever already have a felony, it don't matter if you got a ghost gun or not. You in possession of any gun that a ghost gun going to get you more time than a regular gun, you know, so you might as well have a regular one. You know what I mean? You know, you, you go, you know, so that's my whole thing. But I think the ghost guns are more available, you know, and you could just throw them away. And when they find them, they can't trace them back to, you know, the somebody auntie in, in, in Texas, you know what I mean? So I believe that's why they, you know, running with the ghost guns nowadays untraceable yeah that's a good point because you get caught with a ghost gun they probably that's probably an additional crime an additional no offense uh you know so just get you a regular gun and um and what keep well shoot I, I like to keep a strap loaded but i know that the when it's loaded that's another offense as well but that's only if you're if you're a felon or does it does that matter no, as if you are not, if you're a non-felon, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to get caught with the one in the chamber. But the thing about it is if you run around Compton, L.A., Watts, Philadelphia, Chicago, you better have one in the chamber if you're running around in that capacity. You know, if you run around looking for a gunfight or prone to being some shit right now, man, you ain't got time to put one in there. You got to be ready. You know, my thing all in all is, 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 you know, 
put them guns down, man, and you know, squire it out like how we did back in the day, you know. But I guess those those times is is damn near over because these dudes, you know, they they shoot you over anything nowadays. Yeah, them days is over. Well, yeah, when I when I have my gun in the car, I I keep the magazine separate from the gun because I'm technically not supposed to have it loaded. But I'm like, that defeats the whole purpose. But that's California law, y'all. I'm not talking for the whole United States. The state of California says I cannot have the magazine in the gun when I'm driving around. So it is what it is. If I really needed it, um, I probably get killed by the time I by the time I put the magazine in the gun, right? No, not necessarily <laughs> though, Alex, because you gotta really understand that a dispute that you get in is gonna be a dispute that that escalated. Unless a dude pulling up on the side of you and just gunning you down because you Alex Alonzo, then yeah, that's that's a different topic. But most of the times, you know, you'll see a dude point, you'll see him look, you'll see him pull over, you'll see him enough time where I can grab that thing, pop one in there and get ready, you know. On most occasions, unless you know, like I say, you in a damn near war. People ain't just running up on car. Look, we've been out here forever, you know, 50 plus years. People ain't just running up on everybody in every car they see and just shooting into the car just just because. You know what I mean? A lot of these situations is you got an enemy, you know, you got a certain situation, which means like for me, when I carry the gun on the daily, um, shit, when I'm when I'm not in Compton in LA, I don't have my gun like ready. You know what I mean? It's, it's put up and tucked away and all that. You know, when I get off on Rosecrans off the 17, when I get off on, you know, Rosecrans off the 110, when I jump off to go to my grandmother's house, you know, get off on Slauson. It's in my it's in my lap because at this point, this, you know, this you got to either be ready or you're not. You feel me? So those are the those are the dynamics. But for the way we live today, you know, I don't I don't carry a gun to work at work or when I'm working or, you know, just a different, 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 different time for us you know what i mean so sometimes you can get that thing ready before some shit kick off don't 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 get it wrong but i also got to keep it not only do i got to keep the magazine out the gun i got to keep it in a case and the case has to be locked <laughs> so now i gotta unlock the case and then i gotta load the gun you know how long is that gonna take but you to know? be honest with you alex <clears throat> i believe a guy that's a regular citizen got a a, a gun in a car in the center console, the clip is in the glove compartment, and um, I believe once they, I believe they run it, see that everything is legit. I, I don't think they taking nobody down for that in that capacity. Run your record, say if a person's record is clean. I, I, I don't believe they just doing it like that. You know what I mean? You know now Tennessee. I mean, and, yeah, Tennessee is different. Cause I was in Memphis one time, man, and, and I'm at my people house and um. My cousin pull up, the police pull him over right in the driveway, right when he pull in the driveway. He got an AR in the car. He got a uh, nine millimeter in the car and he got a open bottle of Hennessy in the car. You know what I mean? I bullshit you not. So I'm ready to get up out the back door and shit because I'm already knowing, you know what I mean? We got some weed in this motherfucking shit like that. So I'm peeping gang, man. They told dude, listen, man, you know, you shouldn't have this open container. You know what I mean? I could take you to jail for, for, for open container with a firearm. But I'm going to run your firearms, and if they they legit, I'm going to let you go. Man, we watched right out the window. They ran and shit, and, and he got a whole AR in the car. You know what I mean? Clipped up. You know what I mean? I ain't saying he had one in the chamber, but the clip was in it. And, uh, man, I seen him when he put the bottle of Hennessy, uh, half bottle of Hennessy on the, on, the, on the top of the car. 
when he let him go, man, he, hey, man, go and do your business. The guns was legit. It's different in some states. You know, California, though, shit, he, they would have had his ass, you know, in California, you know. And California law enforcement officers get so paranoid, even when a law-abiding citizen such as myself has a gun in the car. I, I got pulled over in, in, in my truck, and I had the gun in the, in the box, and the box was locked, and I had it in the back seat. Mm-hmm. I opened up the glove box to give him my registration and he saw a box of bullets right there. <laughs> you know, when I opened up the thing, a box yeah, of bullets yeah, yeah. basically spilled out. And he said, you got a gun in the car? I said, I actually do. It's in the back seat. And he got all crazy. All right, get out the car. Yeah, he, he yeah. pulled the strap out and I'm like, hey, it's legit. <clears throat> it's legit. And then um, I, I gave him all my paperwork and they cuffed me. They handcuffed me, like literally handcuffed me, and I got a legal gun in the car. And then the dude, this is where this is where it went left. He said, um, I'm gonna have to open up your your gun box. And I said, Well, I don't I don't give no permission to open up the gun box. I had to right. sit there, I had to sit there for an hour. So um and everything I did was legal, and they still hand me up for like an hour maybe even more than an hour. They had me on the sidewalk. They brought in reinforcements. Uh, one cop came over to me and said, if you don't give us the key to that, to the, to your, um, to your gun box, we're going to bolt cutter it. We're going to use bolt cutters and open it up. I said, go get your bolt cutters. Right. You definitely would have beat that just <laughs> hands down. I should not beat them. Yes. Ex-con. So it's doable. You have rights, bro. Yeah, they ended up not doing it. It was just a bunch of uh, tough talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but one of the sergeants came up to me and said, we just want to make sure that your gun is not loaded and that you have your magazines, you know, not in the gun. And I said, well, I said, it's not loaded. So, that, but um, they eventually let me go. But, you know, California is a little too strict with their guns, with their gun laws for law abiding citizens, believe it or not. No, nah, no doubt. You know, that's what it is here, man. You know, they they show stringing in and it's not just guns. It's just everything, man. You know, they driving people out the state left and right, you know. So um, I don't know how long we're going to be able to put up with the bullshit ourselves. You know what I mean? As we get older and older, man, it seems like they just trying to push us out on every level, you know, taxes upon taxes upon taxes, you know. So, you know, shit getting just just getting wild out here on the West, man. Yeah, and I guess that's why there's all these investigations to various neighborhoods throughout Los Angeles. Um, on this other story, I wanted to tap in with, uh, not too far from Eastside Wilmus, you know, just maybe a few miles away, it looked like the Los Angeles Police Department and the FBI was investigating 18 people from from the Nickerson Gardens, um, going back to let's say what 2021. Oh no, no. Uh, this investigation goes all the way back to August of 2019, mm-hmm. where um, where a couple of guys from from over there from the Nickersons just just pled guilty to uh, let's see the the this federal this federal press release says South Los Angeles based gang member pleads guilty to leading crack cocaine manufacturing and distribution ring in Watts where um, a brother named Damian Fats Baker, 45 years old, was hit with nine counts, nine counts including uh, delivering crack cocaine to customers, um, conspiracy, and he, he eventually pled guilty. He just pled guilty to two counts, which I kind of feel is a, is a deal. Which, what do you think about that? He was uh, facing nine counts. He pled guilty to two counts. And his co-conspirator, uh, a brother named Carr, uh, he pled guilty also to two counts while facing seven. 
and he just took 188 months. I don't know if 188 months is a deal. FG, you tell me based on the charges that he was facing, uh, was was that a decent deal? Um, on on 188 months or 16 years and shit, it, it could have been priors involved. You know, so his background could have got him to 188 years, not specifically the amount of, of drugs that they caught him with or the firearm. You know, um, he could have got 10 for the drugs. He got an automatic five, 60 months for the for the gun. You know what I mean? But like I say, some of that could have been um, um, his background that got him that kind of time. Yeah. Um, but even even though he was facing seven, I guess. Anytime where you're 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 pleading guilty to lesser charges, I guess it's a deal because seven counts. Who knows how many years, how many months they could have racked up. Um, Carr was facing seven counts. Baker was facing nine counts. Uh, Baker hasn't been sentenced yet. That's uh, Fats and and both these guys are from the Bounty Hunters, uh, based on this uh, federal uh, FBI U.S. Attorney press release. Um, I guess. I guess Baker is going to be facing the similar time that uh, Carr already got, you think? Well, I'm looking at it right here, man, and they say that uh, for one, hell no, I don't think it's no deal based on, you know, because you had seven charges that they didn't have. Listen, if they had seven counts, they could have got you on, they would have. You know, they always want to throw in some five extra charges, six extra charges to see what stick, man. You know, they full of shit, you know. Yeah. And uh, so so actually, you know, you got all this and then you talking about leaders and kingpins and doing, you know, putting all this extras on it. A couple dudes in the hood had some some work. You know what I mean? Was moving some work, you know. And unfortunately, you know, the um, Nixon Gardens uh, housing projects and Watts, you know, which is home to the Bonnie Hunters, you know, is the largest uh housing project west of the mississippi so this ain't the first time that they've been targeted you know um you know they probably the largest gang in in, in los angeles um no doubt um so you know this 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 uh type of in, in investigations has been going on in these projects for for many years uh going back to shit you know renee and mcgowan and them you know what i mean so um I believe it's some bullshit, but they did get them. You know, I'd suggest they take their deals. But to me, 188 months definitely wasn't a deal to, to me, you know. But if he had to, based on he knows his his, um, his background and what he was, you know, actually caught with and all that, then sometimes you do want to get out their way. I don't know what Fat's going to get. He could get something similar if he got a um, – I see he got the 5 to 40, you know. Um, I had the 10 to life. So he may have action and getting, you know, lesser time because they did change the crack laws to make um, the ratio, the disparity between crack and powder, you know, uh, more uh, in tune with each other. So, you know, he could get five for the, the work, five for the guns and come out with 10. So we, we'll see how that go. Yeah. And um, I'm sure a lot of people in Los Angeles know who these guys are. Damian Baker is known as Fats. Uh, it says Fats from Compton, but he's uh, he's from Bounty Hunter. They probably just had he was using an address there, and then uh, Carr is known as T Bone, and they got all their names here. It's their name, their nicknames are in the indictment, just like your indictment. Your your indictment was uh, United States of America against Frank Thornton, aka FG, and they no, got their nicknames here too. <laughs> no doubt, that'd be the thing about it. Is, you know, they'll be surprised, and I'm sure that these guys, like I say, T Bone could have took the took the 16 based on, you know, when you get that discovery and you realize how much they really know about you, that they're, they not charging you with. Sometimes it just going to let you know that how much they really know about you, you know, because everything they know about you, they don't have the proof to 
charge you or convict you with, but they know that you shot such and such. They know that you robbed such and such. They know that you, you know, they know so much about you that when you get that discovery, you'd be like, damn. And you'd be like, man, I'm going to take with the next deal. I'm taking it because I'm going to get out their way. And, and um, you know, how old was uh, oh, damn, Tom T-Bone was 52. Um, with a with a sixteen piece, so what that put him out at uh that sixteen, that fifteen, eight years, eight months. Man, he's he gonna, gonna be like mid sixties, huh? Yeah, he's gonna be like mid sixties. Yeah. Damn, I'm surprised that brothers uh at this age is pushing this much weight, knowing what the consequences was. Uh, I noticed that a, that a lot of people kind of fell back uh, on on some of these illegal hustles as they got older. You know, uh, people in their fifties is um falling back for the most part but i guess some people just can't you know they're, they're addicted to the game no doubt but then at the same time it's a hustle me personally i didn't even think crack was still uh relevant in the streets you know but that's just me you know what i mean and uh you know i don't see as many you know crackheads as opposed to they went to meth they went to uh the oxycodone they went to you know different drugs so i didn't even know that uh crack was still uh prevalent in the in the in the hood to be honest with you i know i don't i don't even see too many people walking around the streets from where, where i used to live where i grew up at you know on crack man it, the whole block i used to drive down the street and, and see 10 crackheads just on the street you don't really see that anymore no no doubt you definitely don't see that no more and um that was the point that was my reason for even thinking that you know it's not like it used to be because don't get me wrong i'm still in compton i'm still in los angeles and I don't see crackheads roaming around like that, you know what I mean? And uh, and which is a good thing, you know, but that don't mean they just didn't transition to other drugs or I just could not be in the area where it's going down at, you know what I mean? Because I'm not functioning in that that world no more. But uh, but it seemed like that this is not like it used to be when I was coming up in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, man. Um, this uh, this this also, this indictment also included. It wasn't just them two. Uh, what was it? Uh, Twelve total. Twelve or thirteen total. And my question is: This investigation goes back to 2019. Um, at, at some point, as a dude on the streets that's running around hustling, you have to know that they're they're watching, they're following you, they're tapping your phone lines, um, they're sending informants. Like. I think people just don't realize the the level of investigative power that the federal government, along with the local government, has because it says here they were they was um on these people since 2019. No doubt, but you do got to understand that you know when I was selling drugs, crack, you know, powder, and you know, cocaine, that was my 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 drug of choice to sell. Um, we didn't have all that technology, you know. We didn't have you know under we didn't have like you say shit before cell phones, you know, that everybody had a cell phone before, you know, you was able to be even investigated or thought of by the FBI, you know, um, like I say, because of this same housing projects, the Nickerson Gardens housing projects and wants because they have been targeted so many times, you know, because so many homies from the hunters have been indicted, you know, on drug charges from this very this exact same projects. Um, yeah, it seemed like, you know, the intelligence, um, will say, you know, do something different. But at the same time, sometimes you believe your operation is so um set up right that you know you're not gonna get took down like this. But 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 in these day and ages, it's hard to um uh, get away with the things we got away with back in the day. 
And when I was reading this uh, indictment, it said here that uh, Fats arranged to obtain powder cocaine from at least two drug suppliers, but whoever those suppliers are are unnamed. And I'm, I'm li looking at the language here. Um, arranged to obtain, meaning that it didn't actually have to happen, right? That's the conspiracy. Arranged to obtain. Doesn't say he actually obtained it. Right, he right. Just planned to obtain them. And I'm wondering, uh, were those two drug suppliers really drug suppliers or just people on the phone working for the feds, informants, confidential <laughs> witnesses that say, hey, t uh, Fats, I, I got I got a, I got a bird for you. You, you. you interested in the bird? And all he has to do is say, yes, I'm interested. That's the conspiracy, right? No doubt. That's a conspiracy, you know, but at the same time, I'm going to tell you what took these guys down. You know, it wasn't the cocaine. That's what the whole thing about it is, you know, because they doing this shit in, across America with powder and ain't nobody's going to jail. You know, you never hear, you know, unless it's a, you know, 20, 30, 50 uh, uh, kilo bus, you know, you don't hear nobody going to getting arrested or busted for, you know, uh, pow selling powder cocaine in their projects. You know what I mean? It's the crack is what's bringing the, you know, because the crack yes. laws can trigger, you know, <laughs> the the laws. And see, now let me just give a, the, the, the listeners a quick update. Back when I was selling drugs, it took 50 grams of crack cocaine to trigger a 10 year mandatory minimum. It took 5,000 grams of powder cocaine to trigger the same amount of time. So yeah. the disparity was so different, bro. They took down a generation of drug dealers. You know, now I got to say that we took down a generation of people that were using crack cocaine. I, you know, I got to take responsibility for that part as well. But they took down a gener generation of black people for um, the, 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 the disparity between crack and, and, and uh, powder was like way significant. Black people were more uh, prone to sell crack cocaine. But let me tell you this. They've in 1986, Joe Biden and them said, man, we're going to make these stiff drug penalty laws. And what happened was they convinced Congress that you had to use some wild chemicals to make this crack cocaine. That's why people are going crazy over it. Alex, you talking to a, a, a ex-chemist, you know what I mean? You're talking to somebody who cooked, you know, a, 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 a lot of kilos of cocaine. Uh, all you need is baking soda. So if baking soda is a if baking soda is some hell of a chemical, it shouldn't be in everybody's refrigerator. It shouldn't be sold in every supermarket in town. So they knew what they were doing. They came back while I was in federal prison and said, you know what? We were wrong. This targeted black people, we're going to change the laws and we're going to make these sentences much closer. Now it takes like uh, I believe it's nine ounces, probably like 250 grams, which is nine ounces, roughly a crack cocaine to trigger a five year. No, a, t a 10 year uh, sentence. It used to be 50. Now it's 250 uh, grams of, of crack cocaine. But you still on it is still to trigger a, 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 a 10 year minimum minimum with 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 powder. You only need four four kilos, which is four thousand grams. So it's still a disparity, you know. And, and so then they start letting people giving people time reduction that was in jail for crack cocaine. I was convicted on 98.8 grams of cocaine. If I, if somebody get convicted with that now, they would never go to the feds. They probably wouldn't even go to the state. They probably would get probation. So what they did was they started letting people out, reducing people's sentences, but I couldn't get out of jail and I couldn't get no time off because of the, um, the mandatory, um, 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 what is it? The, um, the mandatory minimum. 
Congress could only change a mandatory minimum. Congress refused to do that. So y'all wasn't sincere about helping people with this law because, I mean, I can go on and on about this shit, but they, they file, they wrong, they targeting motherfuckers still, you know, for this crack cocaine, you know, because it carries a harsher penalty, you know, um, and, and, and so many times I tell, try to tell the youngsters, they not going to stop and, you know, they'll listen, but they're not going to stop getting their money. But sometimes you got to change the game up. Know the laws you're working with in this day and era. Crack cocaine is not the drug to sell because they're punishing you with it. Yeah, man. Um, the actual next sentence in the indictment after after uh, after Fats arranged to obtain the powder cocaine, he then arranged to have the co-conspirators cook the cocaine into crack. So that's what you're talking about. That's what got him the time. Yeah. That's what got him the time. Once he this I guess he and he could have just had a discussion. Just like in your case, all you said was have such and such rock it up. Um uh, from from the hood, right? Have such Mm -hmm. and such rock Mm -hmm. it up. And and that was your conspiracy. That was it. That's all. You know, once I said those words that let them know that I had, uh, knew that the, what they were trying to do, you know, I, I, I co-conspired co- co- on a conversation. I delivered I delivered powder cocaine. But since we had a crack, a, a talk about crack cocaine and I still left the powder, you know, I was I was indicted on that conspiracy, man. And this is how they doing in the black communities. They're not doing this shit everywhere with other drugs. You know, right now you have a fentanyl uh, epidemic. You had oxy you know, ep- epidemic, you know what I mean? And they didn't go, you take them drugs. What they said was, oh, we learned from crack, so we not going to put them stiff penalties on those other drugs. No, y'all don't put them stiff penalties on you know, them other drugs because then when y'all kid, Congress kids and, you know, white kids and shit like that, that was that was involved in that drug. So they didn't want to put the put the put the put the penalties on it like that. So, man, they know what the hell they doing, man. Yeah, man, that that that's interesting that once you go from the powder to the crack it just changes your whole sentencing guidelines even though it is the exact same drug right it's the exact, Bro, same. It's the exact same drug with baking soda you know yeah. and, and we all know we didn't took baking soda to brush our teeth we didn't took baking soda to do all kind of stuff it's not a it's not a chemical it's not nothing that you know and that's all you mix uh powder with to make crack and they punishing people like 90 going north with it man and that just ain't fair that shit need to get straightened out all the way it should be one for one across the board i actually knew someone that not only put the bacon was it bacon soda or bacon powder bacon um, soda yeah, yeah bacon soda i knew someone that put the baking soda but in addition to the baking soda added seven up the soda uh-huh. drinks have you ever heard of that mixture? Adding Seven Up, some some of the bacon, bacon soda, and the cocaine to make the crack. And well, you know, back with, in the came out it came what out, it came out with a, a it smelled like Seven Up sometimes. Wow, like that's soda. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know what the reason was though. I, you know, I mean, you know what? Back in the day, they was trying to make you know they would put procaine in it to stretch it out. They they tried to make it with everything. You know these these hood chemists, man. They was trying to put everything in it to stretch a dollar and do you know do um do um all kind of shit with it. So I've heard people do all kind of crazy stuff, you know. But but, but to be honest with you, it wasn't no hell of a chemical that made people act or react crazy. You know when they when they did cook it, it basically was. You know, um, what what happens is for people who says bullshit, FG, you know, crack made people act way different than powder. You're absolutely right, because crack got to the bloodstream faster than powder do. And that's what was the, 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 the situation. If you took powder or you took another form of cocaine and you 
injected it intravenously, it would give you the same effect as crack cocaine. So that was what the difference was. It got to the bloodstream a lot faster and, uh, and it made people more strung out, you know. So but the process was um, nonetheless um, nothing extra to warrant no extra time, man. Well, even the, the laws did change to the degree to where, for example, Carr, who uh, who just pled guilty in this case, who is uh, T-Bone, back in, let's say, 20 years ago, he would have been looking at 30-something years in prison, right? Well, depending on, see, that's what I say, depending on his record. A lot of homies was getting ramped up because what they were doing, Alex, is 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 when you have a prior you know, in the feds, what they do is they'll give you an 850. If they want you bad enough, they'll give you an 851 enhancement. And what an 851 enhancement does is it tells the judge that you got a prior. So what they want to do is double up the time based on that prior. You know, so a lot of homies came with 10 years, got the 851 enhancement and they walked away with 20. So they didn't do no different crime than I did. It's just that they had a prior. I've never had a prior drug uh, conviction ever in my life. You know, my first drug case ever, I got 10 years for. Had I had a prior, they would have gave me 20. I mean, they would have loved to. And uh, they didn't have that opportunity. But had I had a, a, a old got caught with some uh, a, a 20 rock back in the day when I was on some small time shit, they would have used that as a prior, bro, and gave me a dub. Easy. Damn. And that's the foul shit they doing because a dude that get caught with, oh, come on, man, you get caught with an ounce or two. That's the, that you go to rehab, man. Go to, you know what I mean? Get, get probate, you know? So that crack, man, they, 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 they know what they were doing. It was, and they, and they, and they, and, and the thing about it, Joe Biden and them, who is y'all president right now, who y'all still vote this dude in, you know, he was the, the initiator, one of the initiators of the crack cocaine law. Blacks don't pay attention to that. You know, all they do, they want, they, they want, they section eight, they want, they food stamps, you know what I mean? And, 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 and they don't, they forget about the shit that these dudes did back to us in the day, but that's another story. But you know, I can get deep on that shit when it comes to that, that that work, man. But I hope Fats get action, you know, on this case, you know what I mean? As far as, you know, maybe five for the uh, work, five for the gun, go walk that 10 off. You know, he um he he still got some time. Fats was younger, if I if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was 45. Um, I guess he uh I'm not sure if he was 45 when he got indicted or if he's 45 now. Sometimes right. they they be messing up their ages, but right, you know, he's right. he's definitely in his uh mid to late 40s. And I mean, uh, that's still you know, late in the game, though. You know what I mean? To get a 10 yeah. piece, you know. So, but I wish him the best, bro. And I hope uh T Bone can go back on a, on some kind of appeal, get some time knocked off, man, because that's just some bullshit. What they what they what they ramping these charges up, you know? That's some bullshit. Hey, I used to think that looking at federal sentences, like when I'm re actually reading it, it looked like you're doing less time than looking at years. But I'm looking at this 188 months. It sounds like a little bit of time, but you know that 188 months—that's no joke. Hell, no, nah, ain't no joke. You know, and the thing about it is, you know, this what this, this the problem I have with it as well. You know, you got to do it in the project, selling some selling some drugs to people who willingly come in to buy them. You know, then you got Guy Redford who stormed the motherfucking whole United States Capitol, man, and person ended up dying. I ain't saying he killed somebody, but person died in the in the process. You know, you guys stormed the fucking United States Capitol and you get seven years. You know what I mean? So somewhere up in here, this shit ain't really right. You know, just let you know that, you know, um, some of these laws, man, is a bias. Yeah. When you look at this indictment, there's really no violence. There's no shootings. There's no killings. It's just drugs for the most part, maybe a couple of gun possessions, 
but it i really don't think a, a brother should be going to prison for uh was, was 188 months 16 years 15 years eight yeah. months yeah um definitely uh they over sentenced uh t-bone but of course like you said they have their guidelines right so they look to their chart they look at their guidelines they look at your previous convictions no doubt and you get whatever that comes out to but uh man that's unfortunate but uh, i wanted to uh i wanted to tap in with a couple more things before we leave here i want to know I, I wanted to talk about uh big tup and uh, that song won't stop being the blood but I also wanted to get your take on this whole uh, these four people that went down to uh, Mexico claiming to, I guess, the female claiming to get wanting to get some sort of cosmetic surgery. And uh, they get shot up once they cross the Texas border into the town of Matamoros. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to play a quick video on that. And then um, may maybe we'll tap in with Tup in a few minutes as well to talk about um that song won't stop being the blood that um you were in actually while you was doing your time they showed a picture of you in that video but i want to tap in first with um let's see uh this whole cartel this whole drug cartel thing down down in um down in mexico real quick let me play a quick clip and um then we'll get your your whole insight on that because i know you think that there's some kind of shenanigans going on here <laughs> no doubt and uh i'm not really sure i try to give the benefit of the doubt to the folks let me see here let me um play this clip here we go um let's see here bear with me folks this is my first time this is our first streets and scholars episode where we're doing this remotely and I am trying to find the the video here on my desktop. Let me. Oh, okay. I know what the problem is. I didn't open it up. Here we go. There it is. And let me now pull that in. And here's a story from uh, the National ABC News. And Mexico tonight, where Mexican prosecutors have now filed charges tonight in the kidnapping of those four Americans, two of them killed. And today, the striking image, they lined up the suspects. Matt Rivers in Mexico City again tonight. Tonight, for the first time, a look at five of the men. Authorities say kidnapped four Americans in northern Mexico, killing two of them. Each allegedly members of the Gulf Cartel. They were captured not by authorities, but apparently by the cartel itself. Thursday morning, next to this pickup truck, on the windshield, a note purportedly from cartel leadership. We have decided to deliver those involved and directly responsible, it reads, referring to the kidnapping. Shortly after the four Americans crossed into Mexico last Friday, they were attacked. The FBI investigating this video reportedly showing their abduction as it happened. Driven around for days, they ended up here. ABC News obtaining this video of the crime scene where the Americans were eventually found. Bloodstains still on the floor. Two victims, Latavia McGee and Eric Williams, found alive. Two more, Shaid Woodard and Zendel Brown, dead. Their bodies now back in the U.S. for burial. And David, all five of those suspects now officially charged with aggravated kidnapping and homicide. David. All right, Matt Rivers in Mexico City. Matt, thank you. Hi, everyone. George Stephanopoulos. Okay, that's, uh, that is the update on... That whole drug cartel story where four, four folks from South Carolina actually drove across the border in Texas, went into the town of Matamoros, which is controlled by the 
Gulf Cartel, which is one of the oldest cartels in all of Mexico. Um, they started in the 1930s um, bringing alcohol into the United States during the Prohibition period. Um, but somehow members of that cartel started shooting up their, their car. They were in a white minivan and two were killed, two survived. What's your whole um, what's your whole take on that, FG? Well, I believe, man, at the re- it, it, it's it's to me it's so um, I, I I don't have a strong understanding of what they really was over there doing, bro. They say they was going over there for somebody for cosmetic surgery or going to see a doctor per se for whatever reason. You know, you got four people, you know, um, four people to go over to Mexico um, to see a doctor. You know, and that part, you know, was a little strange. Um, I believe the cartel did what the cartel do. You know, maybe they really did thought they were somebody else. Um, maybe because they were Americans or maybe because, um, I don't know, they, they was in their turf or whatever. They t- t- gunned them down, drug them out, took them to somewhere. I don't know if after they, upon the investigation, they said, oh shit, these are really just regular citizens. Um, you know, but two are already dead, you know, um, it is it, real fuzzy to me the whole get out, even them turning over five of their members, you know, to the um law enforcement in Mexico, you know, um, you know, and, and looking at these pictures, you know, and the one thing about it, like I say, I, you know, I hate to be stereotyped as a black man, you know, but looking at these pictures, man, you know, just, you know, that these I mean, y- y'all going over to Mexico to do what, you know, and they black, you know, of course, the cartel damn sure don't give a shit about, you know us you know so it's just puzzling the whole situation i think more shit gonna come out i really don't think these dudes that got turned over to the law enforcement gonna fucking do a a year you know um mexican officials you know they do shit different down there man so i just don't know i don't believe none of it or i don't believe (laughs) three-fourths of it to be honest with you alex well you know they actually did have an appointment with a doctor at 7.30 a.m. on that morning, uh, Latavia. Latavia had a scheduled appointment with a doctor at 7.30 a.m., but they didn't cross the border until 9.18, so they were late. But uh, according to some reports, Latavia had called the doctor and said, we're running late, but we're still coming. So um, they were two hours late, and they crossed over from the town of Brownsville, Texas, into Matamoros. And, you know, they have their whole... Every they they have their whole all their movements. They have their every street they went down, uh, every turn they made. And there was one point where whoever was driving the minivan actually turned in the opposite direction, opposite the way of the doctor's yeah, office. Of the doctor's office. I don't know if that means something. I know a lot of people are going to be scratching their head, like where were they going? The doctor's office is that way, but right. y'all is going this way. Right. So uh, I guess you tapped in with that too, huh? No doubt. You know, that was also suspicious, you know, uh, but uh, the two bodies just got back, I believe, yesterday. Uh, the two dead bodies uh, got back to the uh, U- U.S. soil yesterday or to the U.S. Em- not embassy, but the, uh, you know, the um, leaders or, or whoever they sent it to. Yes, just yesterday. The other two were shot. They were finally... Um, they had a, got to the hospital, made it to the hospital back on U.S. soil. Uh, one of them had got shot in the leg three times. He had to have uh, some hardware like I got in my leg placed. Um, so they, they know what happened. So you got two alive that can talk, you know, you know. So I believe that they're on them just as heavy as what the hell y'all was doing over there, really, you know. And that's the thing about 
if they was over there on something suspicious. This is what the technology do today, Alex. It, it, it makes it so hard for you to lie like we could do in the 80s because you didn't have no tracking devices. You didn't have certain shit, you know. So I, I really want to see what comes out, if anything. You know, when you talk about relations between the U.S. and Mexico and the cartel, I believe you're going to get Oh, man, you're going to get so many conflict, conflicting stories. And even if U.S. authorities do find out the truth, they may never shed light on it just based on, you know, they know they're dealing with Mexico and the um, cartel. The family of these victims, man, is calling for, you know, outrage. You know, they believe everybody should be arrested who was involved. You know, they expect them to go arrest the whole cartel and shit like that. But that's definitely not going to happen. Fortunately, these people went over there for whatever reason they went over there for. I don't, I, I, it's almost believed that they made the doctor. I mean, I hate to, like I say, you know, um, but you know, if they were on something else, it was easy to say, call the doctor, set up some kind of appointment. It could have been a tooth appointment. It could have been a dentist appointment. A lot of people go down to Mexico for all sort of things, small things, you know, uh, veneers. Um, it could be small shit, you know, it didn't have to be nothing major, you know, but, uh, for them not to go straight to the doctors unless they was lost, but you had GPS that could have took you straight there. There's so many questions, man. And I just really want to know, uh, or I just really wonder what was going on. And then for them to, you know, the cartel to just gun them down like that without even questioning them first, that was crazy. Now, what do you think of the, the Haitian theory? Uh, it is true that there are Haitians that live in this, that, have uh, moved into this area, Matamoros. Mexico in the state of Tamaulipas, mm -hmm. Tamaulipas, and it is true that Haitians are in there trying to, you know, get their hustle on and and make some money. And maybe they just saw these four black folks, three black guys and a girl in mm -hmm. this minivan, and just assume there goes those Haitians again. And we sick and tired of seeing these dudes. They're over here in our turf. They're over here in our area, and they're over here trying to, um, you know, make money in our spaces. Let's let's just gun them down because I'm sure they've been having some back and forth with these Haitians for a while. And maybe that's the reason why they just opened fired on this white minivan. No doubt. But, you know, one of the individuals that was in the, that was arrested, you know what I mean? St. Jose Guadalupe called it. They, they go. He going by G. A judge ordered him to temporarily be detained for five months for the investigation to be carried out. I've never heard of no shit like that. How do you put a number on the time that the investigation is going to be carried out opposed to we'll let you out when we finish the investigation? So I'm going to keep my eyes on this dude being detained for five months for, uh, for the investigation to be carried out. And this is from the attorney general's office. So I'm trying to see if they're going to hold some of these dudes for five months, man, on their investigation and start letting dudes out when we're not talking about this no more. And that's you know, the slick you, shit I'll be talking about. Now you're talking about one of these five guys that was taken into custody, right? Yes, yes, time. yes. Uh, one of them is, uh, like I say, Jose Guadalupe, and he go by G. And, and I don't know what was it that he was only being detained for five months until they finished the investigation, but... Um, all that shit sound fishy to me. I don't think none of them would do, like I say, more than a year, you know, off of this, because once people start forgetting what's going on, because so many things are happening around, these dudes are being sled out the back door. And who, who gonna know the difference? The U.S. not, you know, um, you see that, like we said, we keep going back to the Shane Quilla Robinson, you know, they refuse to prosecute that no matter who's in this on it. Just when it comes to these international situations, uh, uh, sp specifically with Mexico, because if this was Canada, I'll guarantee you it'd been a hundred, uh, handled a thousand times different. So, uh, I don't believe Mexico have a, a, a grip on a, um, own country. So, you know, this shit going to go like that. 
Yeah, man, there's so much corruption going on in Mexico. Uh, I don't know if, <laughs> what the solution is down there because you could pretty much pay off anybody from a judge to a cop. But I do know this, though. I do know that the cartels in Mexico and also the Mexican government, they mm -hmm. fear they fear the United States. They fear the military power of the United States. They fear the 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 long arm of the law of the United States. And most of the times they don't want any problems with the United States justice system and the United States military. And maybe because they killed some innocent Americans, the cartels are trying to get in front of it to say, OK, our bad. We made a mistake. Not only did we make a mistake, we're going to turn over five of those that were responsible so that that could appease the uh, uh, American people and the families of those victims and kind of keep the the law enforcement aspect from the United States out of this. I, I really do believe that some of these cartels understand seeing Pablo Escobar, seeing seeing how Pablo Escobar was. Um, he was eventually prosecuted and killed by uh, U.S. U.S. Uh, guns. And then um, was El Chapo. El Chapo was taken into custody and tried in a, a court here in the United States. And also Manuel Noriega, who was the president of Panama, was mm -hmm. brought to the United States. That was the president that they brought him to the United States and put him in a federal prison, I believe, in Florida. So I think that maybe there is a, a level of fear that the cartel and the Mexican government have uh, because, you know, the United States can get very thorough when they want to be. You, you absolutely got a point there, but I'm going to point something else out, too, when you talk about fear. You know, I don't know if 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 they have that much fear because they know they do a lot of backdoor shit in the investigation. Now, let's focus on this picture right here, Alex, that you have posted on the screen right here. Let's take that middle guy. You know what I mean? It looked like he's smiling, telling his boys, man, no worries, man. We'd be out in, in, in two months. No worries. You see, he got a smile on his face for somebody yeah. to be arrested for man getting handed over for some murders, bro. You know, fuck you smiling at, you know, you know, it's, it look like he cracking jokes and shit. You know what I mean? You know, and, 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 and look at these dudes, though. This is the average looking, you know, um, Mexican guy in America. These dudes don't look like killers and gangsters. You know what I mean? That don't mean they not. But just look yeah. at them, though. You know what I mean? They look like just average, you know, Mexicans, in, you know, in L.A., you know, and uh, and uh, and uh, cold killers, though. You know, so that's another point I want to point out. Don't judge a book by its cover either, you know. But like I say, the dude in the middle, man, he looked like he looking like, man, I'd be out by Tuesday, man. I ain't worried about this shit. You know, that's just the look that he's, you know, I don't know what the hell he's smiling now because I know if I get arrested for a murder, ain't going to be no smiles and shit. That's for sure. Well, sometimes the cartels, when when they have guys within their cartel that do things that may have been a little rogue, um, may have made a mistake, they usually just kill them. You know, and then give the bodies that then let the bodies pop up. Then the get the bodies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. get it. Yeah, you you right. But this is the thing about it. Uh, propaganda. You know, they quickly handed over five dudes because of that fear. You say of the U.S. We have to do something to show that we're trying to make this right. You can't make this right for the families of the people who 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 got killed, bro. You know what I mean? You know, you can't make it right by handing over some dudes that could have and probably didn't even have nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? You never know. The top dude who probably was in there that did it, he probably was valuable. You probably didn't turn him in. You probably, you know, the way they get down over there is, look, bro, you got to go fight that charge. You know what I mean? And and uh, one of these dudes probably wasn't even there. You know, you you never know. I'm just saying there's so much. I don't believe shit they, they coming with on this this case right here in this situation. Um, I, I think it's all bullshit. I think some, it's smoke and mirrors, if you ask me. 
it sounds as if you're you're suggesting that perhaps um a couple of the the four people from South Carolina um may have been there to either cop or be involved in a transaction of some sort uh, which was what a lot of people on social media are saying I'm not going to place no blame on them. I'm not that type of dude. I'm not just going to say, you know, I, I, but I do think they were there for more than something than um, um, to get for her to go to the doctor. You know, I do believe that. That's what I'm, I, I can say. I, I don't think it was strictly just to go see a doctor. I think there was other plans involved that's not being mentioned, good or bad. You know what I mean? But I, I think it was some other plans involved. Well, I'm curious of the... Uh criminal backgrounds of the four do they have any rap sheets do they have any records um did anything uh, you know do they have any drug charges from the past i think that would uh be a uh you know raise some eyebrows if well, um if they were involved in something according to mexican authorities a couple of them had uh, uh criminal backgrounds um that is stated in this report that we had uh, uh on the screen earlier um they um they said a couple of them had criminal backgrounds. They didn't say what the charges were. They just said that the Mexican authorities did obtain um, a record that two of them had um, uh, criminal backgrounds. Now, how would Mexico have that information? That should be coming from the United States side. That should be coming from South Carolina. Uh, you know, if they've been to state prison in South Carolina where they're originally from. That's what I want to hear. I want to see their arrest records. I mean, but, you know, it's, it's nothing for a Mexican official to have ties with a fucking DA or police officer or somebody in the U in the U.S. That's that's easy for a Mexican official to have. One of his cousins could be a a, a sheriff over here or a, a politician over here. You know, and that information is not hard to get, to be honest with you. Why did they put that into this um, report? You know, why did they even state that, though? What what the hell does that got to do with it? You know, this ain't Canada. Mexico let felons over there all the time so this definitely wasn't a uh it's no excuse to kill them just because they had a, a criminal record even if they did you know what i mean so but they did state that no but if they were down there involved in some sort of drug transaction then i think there would be less sympathy <laughs> there'll be less sympathy for them for whatever they were involved in because you, you were going down there for nefarious purposes but if they were really just down there as tourists going to see a doctor then they're they would be considered innocent bystanders of what these uh guys from the cartel did no doubt you know i um i i i definitely agree with you you know <clears throat> um you know the dude um like right here one of the i don't know if it's the president of mexico he told reporter mexican officials learned americans had a criminal background in the united states but he did not elaborate on how that might relate to the kidnapping so they threw that out there whether it's true or not they threw that out there, you know, and that's pretty much toward the bottom of the, the this report. Um, but we're going to see, because like you said, they had drug charges, man, you know, and, and 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 things of that nature that really can get shit swept up under the rug. That really could, you know, make U.S. officials less likely to put they all into it, unfortunately. Yeah, but if they were down there involved in in drug trafficking, uh, these four four black folks from South Carolina, I think that the, uh, I think they would state that to say, look, they went down there and created a problem that caused them to get kidnapped and shot, which is a whole different story from they went down there as tourists to get 
um, cosmetic surgery, and the three were there just with the with the female as a as a friend. You know, that's like two different narratives. One evokes a lot of sympathy for them, and the other one is like, oh, they went down there and, and created their own problem. So the question well, you, is, which is the true which is the true narrative? Well, you know how many times we've seen a narrative where they told us one story and then something else is to be found out. You know, I'm looking at these three dudes, you know, and I'm just wondering, you know what I mean? I, you know, was this their cousin? Was one of them fucking her? Because I don't got a friend in, in, in America that a female friend in America that can convince me to go to Mexico with her to a doctor. You know what I mean? You can't get can't get me to do it, Alex. You know what yeah. I mean? So what about that part? You know what I mean? My cousins can't. I'm going to tell the man, girl, go, you better go to Kaiser. You know what I mean? And uh, you can't convince me to go to Mexico. Not that part of Mexico anyway. If you're talking about Tijuana, which I've never been in my life, um, that's one thing. That's just crossing over right there and walking back. But you, these dudes, you know, they they down there where the cartel is fully functioning. You know what I mean? That's like, or if I was in El Paso and they said, let's cross over here to Santa Lula. Man, I'm not going over there. So the, yeah, there's so many questions. Tijuana got a pretty cold cartel, too. Um, it, it used to be called the Ariano Felix cartel, and now I think it's just um, the Tijuana cartel. And they used to be the most active at one point. So um, there's cartels all across the Mexican border from California to Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, where this one happened at. So Well, I'm praying into them. Myself personally, we was on a, uh, we was in uh what was Cabo San Lucas, I believe we were at. So they always tell you don't leave the resort or do this, only go specific places. Man, I left, we left the resort. Man, we went to a nightclub that the whole town said it was the nightclub was owned by the cartel. So, but the nightclub was cracking. We probably bought we two vans deep, you know. So when we get down there, man, you know, we see that the military was just riding around like standing on the back of vans and jeeps with guns just patrolling the area but they said this club was owned by the cartel so while we were in the club and shit we popping bottles doing our shit you know what i mean and one of the females that was with her her son was there and he got into a lightweight argument with the um with with a mexican cat you know so the the scrap took off and when it took off he's standing right next to me we on the dance floor the rest of our party is like over there in the little vip section and doing that i just happened to be standing next to this dude didn't know him from a breath of fresh air but we all came together you know what i mean so we get to squabbing in the club you know and um and um man my wife was livid bro you know she was livid you know what i mean like you helping this dude you don't know this dude you know what i mean the cartel on this motherfucker you know what i mean and 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 uh, so we exited the club, man, got our vans trying to get our people to get up out of there. And one of the homies was still stuck up in there. Or one of the dudes that came with us that I didn't know him either was still up, up, up in there. So we went back up in there, man. Soon as we leave, we see the dudes with the guns hitting the corner, you know, to, to, to see what's cracking. We in Mexico, bro, man. My wife was so motherfucking mad at me, man. She didn't talk to me for a couple of days. She like, Damn. man, they could have blew your motherfucking head off. But like I told her, dude came with us. You know, this is what it is. You know what the fuck you want from me? You know, and, and she was right. But at the same time, man, you, we all came together on two vans, you know, but we could all got laid out as soon as we jumped in them vans, bro, and got on hitting some of them back streets around there instead of staying our ass at the resort. You know what I mean? Were you um right here in this part of Mexico um when you came down? Do you remember what part that was? Where um, Cabo? Where, where yeah, where's Cabo at over here on this map? Um, I don't I don't see it on this map. Uh, let's see. 
Yeah, I don't see it on that map. You might go grab another map to see what Cabo San Lucas is. But you see this area right here in green that I'm pointing at with the uh, with the cursor? Can you see uh, my cursor? Yeah, I see it, but I'm I was thinking Cabo might be down somewhere towards the brown part, but I'm not I'm not like I say I'm not sure. Uh you would have to pull it up on a map. We um because we f we flew into Cabo. Well, this green area right here is the um is the Gulf Cartel, and you see how close it is to Texas. Texas is right there. This this white line is the border with Texas. So it's just a uh, it's just one street, one street. You just drive down, and boom, you're in Matamoros, and now you're in the Gulf Cartel turf. And just like if you're on the on the west side of Mexico, right here where Tijuana is at, you know, you just cross over, and you're in the uh, Ariano Felix Cartel area. So all of these areas are risky to go to. No, you no know. doubt, you know what I mean, but but to, but to be at a, a a cartel owned um establishment, you know, well, well, my whole thing was, you know, the cartel owned these clubs for to make money. They make money with tourists. You know, my ideology was, you know, killing a motherfucker at their establishment over a punk ass fight. To me, was 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 I, I didn't think they would do no shit like that to jeopardize their business. You know what I mean? You know, and 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 but like you say, you never know. You never know who was somebody's nephew or who was somebody's little brother or you know, you just never know. You know, but at the moment, you know, a motherfucker acted to, in the context of how he acts you know what i mean uh if you came with us bro you know i'm not finna stand next to you and watch motherfuckers three motherfuckers rush you you know what i mean that's just how we was raised alex you know and and um and uh but luckily like i say we got out of there you know that's a couple people mad but a couple people like you know the dude who moms that i did that was like shit man you know she put it on the line but you know um i'm glad we made it up out that situation you know <laughs> yeah for sure all right, well, um, I guess we'll have to wait for more time to pass to find out what role these four people from South Carolina played, if they were responsible in any way of uh, what happened to them getting shot up, or if it's if the theory of um, the Haitian theory. Uh, the Haitian theory might be true. You know, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But the four victims, let me just give their names real quick. Latavia Tay McGee, that's the female. Eric mm -hmm. James Williams, Shahid Woodard. And Zendel Brown, I believe it was Shahid and Zendel that, um, yeah, no, let's see, the two that were killed. Yeah, which two uh, was killed? Okay, McGee and Williams were rescued. So McGee is uh, Latavia McGee, Eric Williams were, are the ones that were able to come back. So Shahid Woodard and Zendel Brown were the ones that were found dead. Woodard so, and Brown. So the female made it back? The female made it back along Damn. with along with one of the males uh that would be eric williams so uh, mm -hmm. we'll find out on that real quick and uh before we wrap up here i wanted to just talk about um that song i don't know if we're gonna get big tough to tap in but at least i'm gonna um i'm gonna play this part <laughs> and uh let me see we're gonna go to the end of the song real quick we'll go to his part and um a lot of people just didn't know they just didn't know um that you was actually in that song, but uh, here we go. Let me um, let me play this real quick, and then um, we could talk about it. This is um, Mitchie Slick, "Won't Stop Being in the Blood." We talked about this a couple <laughs> a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna play uh, the last part with Big Tuck. All I'm gonna have to get stomped down because I won't stop being a blood. 
and it ain't no turning back for me. My family is the hood, all I got is cap on me. My little brother lost his life for Cherry Nights, and my uncle on trial right now, he fighting life. My big brother go to the fans for making bread, they ain't catching with nothing, just what another nigga said. So fuck your gang injunctions, and your opinions on me banging like I flame for nothing, please. Okay, there we go. That was, uh, that was his part. Um, you actually texted me, FG, about uh, when you was, when you I think you you texted me when you were trying to text him, but that's the part of of uh, Big Tup's part where he he talked about FG that and and if you noticed there was a picture of FG right there in the video, y'all. That um, let me let me cue that part up and put that on the screen. Get um, let me see here. Yeah, no, nah, that was a hell of a song, man. You know, you got to think about it, man. You know, when it was talking about, you know, it's at the height of, you know, uh, functioning month of gang members, you know what I mean? I was in federal prison at the time, you know, functioning active gang member. Um, even looking at the video that you just showed, man, I seen a few loved ones that lost their life while I was gone, man. Some young homies, man, that, you know, was dear to me, you know what I mean? And, and, and. You know, when they made this song, man, you know, they made it wholeheartedly. You know, I know a lot of people out there and our listeners, you know, are against the gang violence. And I, I get it. But that's where we come from. And that's what it was. And these dudes made this song called Won't Stop Being the Blood. And they meant that, man. You know, and um, like I said, I was in federal prison, man. You know, when I found out, you know, that I, you know, was spoke on in the song, man. You know, um, I, I, I get it at the time, you know, that I, I was. I, I, that's how I displayed it, you know, coming up, man, that, you know, that this B thing, this P thing was for life, you know, and, and, um, so that was, that was, that was, that was a hit record for Mitchie Slick and them back then, man, you know, and, um, I was at Victorville Yard, you know, back then, and if you look at the pose, you look at the, 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 the murder ones I got on my face, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's how, look, it look, <laughs> like I'm the biggest dude in the, in the, in the world, you know, but that's how I carried it, you know, when, you know, people talking that shit about he put it, he was putting it on extra. No, I carried it like that. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and, um, you know, and that's what it was. But like I say, man, I appreciate the big tub for, um, throwing me in there. I'm seeing if he can tap in to, um, give us some insight on that song, man. You know, cause I still don't know what gear that was. I still don't know, you know, uh, what inspired the song, you know, who initially, you know, shit, man, let's, let's, let's write this music. You know, uh, but it definitely was a hood staple, you know, especially coming from out of Dago, you know what I mean? It was it was it was well received actually, you know, in the gang community. Now that, that picture right there, that was that was taken in the feds and you sent that picture uh I guess out to the uh to your family to the homies, right? Yeah, I sent it to Tup out there, man, and uh and um you know, like I said, you know, the homie showed me love. Tub Donnie Rule, you know, I had so many people that was sending me pictures and so many you know, um, um, letters, you know what I mean? And, 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 and it made me, you know, Mozzie kind of summed it up for me, you know what I mean? And he said, you know, you know, they sent me to the feds. It was only right, but I got a kite from every nigga that was posed to right. You know what I mean? And the homies tapped in with me, man. It kept me well informed. It just, at that time, we couldn't see the video, you know, we couldn't hear the music, you know, at that time, so it was people coming in like, man, the homie put you in the song, the homie put you in the song. And I was like, man, that's what's up. But uh, I felt the title at that time for me to be in that song was appropriate, you know. What's the uh, this background here? Uh, was that the place where you guys all take pictures in the feds? What, what is up? With, what's, what's that painting on the wall? 
Well, see, that was one thing about when I talk about the, the politicking of a new prison. You know, everybody hate to go to a new prison because when you get there, you don't got shit. You know what I mean? The commissary list got 10 items on it opposed to 200 at other facilities. This painting right here was something that, you know, we talked to the staff about. Hey, man, you know, you think we could y'all could let one of the inmates paint something on the wall so when we take a picture, it just don't look like a... A, a wall, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was it yeah. was just small shit like that, you know, and you know, they gave the homie and them some paint and they went in there and painted that shit. And it just became a spot that we took pictures of, you know, a, amongst a whole bunch of other places, you know what I mean? But that was definitely one of them, you know, the little picture spot, you know. Okay, okay. Well, I guess uh we're gonna have to tap in with Big Tup another time. I guess he uh we, we sent him the link, but I guess he's tied up at the moment, which is cool. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll he said he was on his way, but I don't know what that mean if he was trying to link in or click in. You know what I mean? But uh, but yeah, man, that was that was a hit record that them dudes came out with down there. You know, opposed to so many other songs. You know, and and the people that's not familiar with Big Tuck, I mean, he got he got songs with Sugar Booger, he got songs with Big Y, he got songs with you know, so many artists, you know, and um, and uh, when it came to that thing, actually, when you Google was when I came home, Tup was the face across Atlantic. You know, when you Google across Atlantic Paru, everything Tup came up, videos, rap songs in the hood, you know, writing on the wall, you know what I mean? So Tup represented the hood, you know, um, um, to the fullest, you know, and until, like I say, you know, I came home, tried to talk some sense into him. Hey, homie, we doing something different now. Let's get our lives together and shit of that nature. You know what I mean? But at the same time, man, you know, I, I love this music and still do. And uh, but he got he got some heaters out there. I still listen to gangster rap. I still even though I do what I do, I still love gangbang music. You know, yeah. I still, you know, yeah. and I'm at the gym and, you know, it's hard to lift these weights without no motherfucking with, you know, listening to some country or some soft rock or something. <laughs> so I still like listening to my gangster rap, man. I mean, it's, it's art to me, you know, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, man. So uh, tell all the people where they could tap in with you, where they can find you, where they could, uh, you know, connect with FG. Look, man, I'm over there at FG Unleashed, man. I got a new setup over here, man. You know, me and Alex. And, and um, so I'm finna definitely start going live and putting some shit out there. You know, hit me up on Instagram, though. Come follow me over there, you know, and and um, let's get this thing going, man. All right. And I want everybody to tap in with me at uh, Alex Alonso 101, Twitter and Instagram, and also the Street TV platform on YouTube. And um, I guess on that note, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to us. Make sure you're following us on all the podcast platforms, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, iHeart. And if you're listening to us on Apple, oh, man, I had some comments and questions that we'll have to do next week that uh, people left on the uh, Apple um, rating and review. But if you're listening to us on Apple, leave us a rating and review. And next week, for sure, if I don't forget, we're going to go through some of the questions and comments that you guys left on the Apple podcast platform. And thanks for listening to another fire episode of Streets and Scholars. Yeah.